Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet! He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Barrett Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Youth Takes the Headlines. The Green Hornet Strikes Again! Juvenile delinquency seemed to be on the increase in the city. Night after night, reports came to police headquarters, and the papers blazoned the headlines that youth was on the rampage. It's a good time to pull a job, Kitty. Late enough for the boulevard to be deserted. Yeah. There comes a car now, Joey. Okay. I'll go into your act, kid. I'll be right behind that tree back there when he stops. While you stall him along, I'll come up on the driver's side. You get it? Sure, I know, Joey. Go hide, quick. Okay, do your stuff, kid. Hi there. Looking for a ride? Going your way. Well, I I was hoping a bus would come along. <laughs> of course, it's, it's so late. Why wait for a bus when you can ride with me? What do you say? I don't know whether I should or not. After all, I don't okay, even know... Okay, suck it. Climb out and make it quick. Hey, what's this? <laughs> I'm going to ride in your car, mister. But you're not. My friend over there has a gun. Are you getting out or do you want me to get out? Oh, I'll get out. Hurry up, Joey. I'm still pointing this gun at you, mister, so keep quiet. Hey, you can't take my car. I'll be seeing you, sucker. <laughs> Look, Eddie, that's the coat the boss wants. See, there in that window. Yeah, so that's it, huh? Yeah, it's mink, Eddie, worth a lot of money. And there's nobody near right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. You go get in the car and have it ready. I got a rock in my pocket. I'll get the car running in just a minute. Yeah, that kit's ready. Well, here goes. Yeah, now to get the coat. Yeah, I got it. Let the leg street, pet bad boy and girl take car and point a gun. Ah, uh, here you are, sir. Mink coat stolen from store window. Here you are, lady. Juvenile delinquency on the increase. Read all about it. Set the leg street, pet bad.
The following morning, Mike Axford, reporter on the Daily Sentinel, was at police headquarters talking to Sergeant Burke. Sarge, them young toughs sure are getting out of hand around town. Something's got to be done about it. Don't I know it, Axford. You don't have to rub it in. We're putting some extra men out to keep a watch for them. Seems to be the same gang of them pulling off all the jobs that's been done in the last few nights. Sure, and it don't seem possible young squirts like them could get away with it. Yeah, they're plenty smart. Or else they got someone planning the jobs for them. Some older guy, maybe. Yeah. And if they ain't stopped soon, there's no telling what'll happen. They'd be terrorizing the whole city. If we can lay our hands on just one of them, then maybe we can get the ringleader. Believe me, Mike, we ain't going to stop till we do catch them. You can bet on that. Meanwhile, Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in his office with his secretary, Lenore Case, and the city editor, Gunnigan. As much as I like news that makes the headlines, I had to see so much front-page space given over to crimes by juvenile delinquents. It's getting worse day by day. I agree with you, Mr. Reed. Yes, I've never seen anything like it, Chief. It seems to me those young people are organized. Well, they seem to know just where to strike and just when to strike without getting caught. Kids like that must come from the worst kind of homes, if they have any homes. I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Gunnigan, if we found that some of them actually came from better class homes. Homes in which parents neglect to supervise their adolescent boys and girls. The place to stop the rise in juvenile delinquency is right there in those homes. That's right, Mr. Reed. Too many youngsters in their teens are left to manage themselves, even in so-called nice families. We'll get out an editorial to that effect in the next edition. Okay, Chief. Send it down to me when you have it ready. Well, you can toss one off, Miss Case. You seem to have the right idea along those lines. Yes, sir. I'll do my best. On Gunnigan. Uh, yes, Chief. Here's a short paragraph you can put in a box on the front page. Okay. It's directed to the police suggesting that if and when they catch the young criminals responsible for the crimes, which have held the headlines for the past few nights, they be given stiff sentences as an example to others. We'll run that in the next edition, too. Just as you say. Let's hope that the next time they try to pull off a job, they get caught at it. You can be sure the Sentinel will keep the subject alive until juvenile delinquency in this city is brought under control once and for all. That evening, in a comfortable home on the west side, young Bob Hobart sat at the dinner table with his father and mother, waiting as they finished their coffee. Say, Dad, how about a game of chess? That I can beat you two out of three. Oh, sorry, Bob. Not tonight. Some other time. Oh, gee, Dad, you always say that. Robert, don't pester your father. But, Mom, Stop I... slouching at the table, Robert. Yes, ma'am. Really, I've never seen a boy like you, Robert. You're always so restless. I should think for a boy of 16, you'd read some good books if you haven't any lessons to do. My lessons are all done, Mom. Your mother and I are going out right after dinner, Mom. Be sure to put all the lights out downstairs when you go to bed. Golly, do you have to go out again tonight? Robert! You have no right to question what we do. Remember, we're your parents. Sure, Mom. I know. Say, can I have a few of the kids in for a while? Mercy, no. I'm not going to have a bunch of hoodlums wearing out my good rugs with that... That crazy dancing and all that. Oh. No, Robert. Once and for all, you can't have them in. Why don't you go to a movie or something, Bob? Here. Go see a good picture somewhere. Thanks, Dad. 
Guess there's nothing else to do. See that you don't stay out too late, Robert. Yes, Mom. Hurry, dear. We're supposed to be over at Emily's at 8, and it's almost that now. I'll be right with you, Dora. See you in the morning, Bob. Uh, yeah, sure. Good night, Dad. I'll go to a movie like you said. That's the way, son. You're big enough to take care of yourself now. Good night, and have a good time. It was almost midnight when young Bob stopped at a jukebox cafe to get a soft drink. Here you are, kid. Here's your drink. Thanks. Hi, kid. Who are you with? Well, nobody. Why? Hey, why don't you come over to that booth and sit with us? Come on, bring your drink along with you. Well, I... I... Oh, you might as well be sociable. No use being alone and missing all the fun. How about it? <laughs> okay. Don't care if I do. Yeah, Kitty, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, He's a kid looking for cover. Oh, hi there. Hi, sit down. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm Joy. That's Kitty. And that dope there is Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Look who calls me a dope. What's your name, kid? My name's Bob. <laughs> you call me a kid, but I'll bet none of you are older than I am. I'm 17. So is Eddie. Kid 16. Well, I'm 16, too, so I'm no kid. Okay, then you're no kid. Say, <laughs> is that really a cola you have there? Well, sure. Isn't that what you were drinking? Yeah, sure. Cola. Plus. <laughs> cola plus? What's that? Show him, Joey. Anybody looking? Nah, go ahead. Here, Bob. A little of what's in this bottle will make that cooler just right. Well, hold on. I, I don't... Yeah, just a minute. Please. I... There you are. Now, drink that down. Gee, is that real liquor? <laughs> is it real liquor, he said? <laughs> go on, taste it. It won't kill you. Well, I don't drink, though. I'd rather not take anything. <laughs> he is just a kid, after all, well, Joey. No, it isn't that, ah, but... Don't be a sap. Go ahead. Well, okay... Well, come on, take it all. Bottoms up. If you don't, you're a sissy. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. That's strong. Oh, that'll make a man of you. Oh, I don't like well, it. Well, you get used to it. Say, Bob, how'd you like to make some easy dough? Uh, maybe your old man gives you all you need. Well, he does give me a little, not much. How can I make some dough? Can you drive a car? Well, sure, but I... Well, that's it, then. You can make ten bucks just for a little driver. Can he, Eddie? Sure. If he really can drive a car. I said I can drive, didn't I? Yeah, we believe you, Bob. Look, you got a little spare time before you have to go home? Yeah, I guess so. Good. Then you can earn that ten bucks. Well, how? If it's anything... Oh, no, no, it's, it, it's all in the up and up, ain't it, Joey? Why, of course. Bob, you don't think we try to pull anything funny, do you? Well, no, I... <laughs> He's afraid, Joey. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, I don't mind, Kit. She's just trying to get your goat. Now, here's the dope, Bob. Kit here is Eddie's date, see? Now, my date works in a neighborhood movie right down the street. We have my car tonight. Well, I want to go over and wait for my date, but Eddie and Kitty here want to go on home. Now, you drive me to the theater and take them home and come back with a car to me. That's all. And I'll give you ten bucks. Ten dollars for just doing that? Oh, I don't care how I spend my dough. I get plenty. How about it? Well, all right. I don't see any harm in that. Good. Let's get going right now. See, Bob, 
So many cars, you have to double park. Come on in a minute, Eddie, Kitty. Yeah. Just say hello to Millie. <laughs> okay. You're right out, Bob. Might as well keep the motor running, Bob. We won't be long. Yeah, don't be long. Oh, we won't. Come here, you two. She's just getting ready to leave the booth. Now, Kitty, when you see that she's unlocked that little door behind her, you rush up the window and do your hey, stuff. Yeah. Hey, she's unlocking it now. Come on. We'll get around behind the booth. Pardon me a minute. Too late, girly. The last show's about over. Oh, I don't want a ticket. Fact is, I found this ring in the theater, and I thought I'd better give it to you. Oh, thank you, honey. The owner will probably come back looking for it. Say, it looks like a... Hold it, sister. Don't make a noise. I'll take that bag of dough. Okay, meet her for the car. Ready, run. Yeah, okay. Hurry up. Now sit down and put your head on your elbow. If you make a sound, I'll plug you one. Yeah. Now stay yeah. that way for a while. Come on, hurry up. Okay, Bob, get away from here and make it fast. Hey, wait, you... Get going, I said. That theater cashier. You're nothing but a lot of crooks. I'm gonna call you. You know what's good for you, Bob. You just keep driving that fast. <laughs> yeah, he better. What a sap. Now he'll have to play along with us whether he wants to or not. I won't do it. I won't. Yes, you will, Bob. You see, if you squeal on us, or if we get caught, you'll go to the pen right along with us. Now just think that over for a while. <laughs> Joey's threat thoroughly frightened young Bob Hobart, and he became an unwilling member of Joey's little gang. A few evenings later, after the theater holdup, Mike Axford entered Brick Reed's apartment just before dinner. Hi, Reed. Dinner ready? Cato's getting it ready now, Axford. <laughs> What's your hurry? Oh, I can wait a bit, I guess. Matter of fact, I dropped into a jukebox joint and had a bit of a snack to tide me over. <laughs> and you walk in yelling, is dinner ready? <laughs> sure, why not? There's <laughs> a healthy man I am to have such a healthy appetite. <clears throat> oh, by the way, I ran into young Bob Hobart. Remember, he's the kid you had Gunnigan give a part-time job to last summer. Oh, yes, Fred Hobart's boy. I didn't see much of him when he was here, but I think I remember him. Slim, dark hair, nice looking. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> sure, and I thought he was having trouble at first when I heard him talking in that joint. <laughs> What made you think so? Well, it was like this, Reed. I was sitting in one of them booths having a snack when I heard someone talking loud just across the way. Look, Joey, count me out. I'm not going to come to your place tonight. Seeing all those headlines scares me. Even if shut up, kid. Now you listen to me. Now shut up, I said. I, I thought I recognized that voice. It's young Bobby Hobart. I wonder if I'm I speak to him. And whether you want to or not, you have to come there tonight, and I'm. Hi there, Bobby. Remember me? Oh, Mr. Axford. Sure, I remember. Who's he? Bobby, are you having trouble with this guy? From what I heard, uh, I No, figured... no, no, sir. This is a friend of mine, Joey. Uh, Joey, meet Mr. Axford from the from the Daily Sentinel. Hi, hi, Joey. You come here on purpose to talk to Bob? No, but they just dropped in and saw him sitting here with you. I heard him talking loud. Oh, oh I... yeah. I guess you thought we were having a hot argument, huh? Well, I heard I'm you I'm having talk... some of the gang over to my house tonight. Bob promised to come, but now he's trying to get out of it. Says those headlines scare him. He's afraid to be out. <laughs> Ain't that right, Bob? Yeah, sure. We were just arguing about that, Mr. Axford. I was telling him he'd have to come whether he wanted to or not, because I already made a date for him. We'd have one extra girl at the party, see? <laughs> so that's it. 
Sure, and I didn't realize Bobby was old enough to have dates at all. <laughs> Time sure flies, that it does. I don't have dates, Mr. Axford. Oh, that is, I mean, not very often. Oh, well, it's okay for youngsters to get together in a crowd and have a good time. Uh, can I give you a lift home, Bobby? Oh, yes, thanks. It's almost dinner time. Hold it, kid. You ain't through talking yet. You don't live so far. Oh, okay, Joey. Well, uh, thanks just the same, Mr. Axel. Uh, don't mention it. Uh, I'm glad I saw you again. Pop around and see us at the Sentinel sometime. So long. So I left him there with his friend and came on home. Sure, and I was a bit surprised at the type of friend young Hobart was with. That I was. From what you say, that Joey doesn't seem to be the right kind of company for a boy like Bob Hobart. Oh, that's right. That Joey guy was much bigger than Bobby, though not much older, I'd say. Talk kind of tough, too. Oh, well, you never can tell these days. I'm going out and see how Cato's coming along. I want to get finished with dinner and get to cops' headquarters. But tell Cato to hurry it up. I might have something to do tonight, too. Who can tell? After dinner, Axford left the apartment. Britt Reed sat for some time in deep thought. Then he spoke to Cato. Cato... I've been thinking about something Axford told me. What's that, Mr. Britt? Axford met Bob Hobart, a young boy who worked part-time at the Sentinel last summer. He was a fine boy, well-liked. His father belongs to the Civic Club. What about boy? He was in the company of a bigger, slightly older boy, one Axford described as tough. But young Hobart was trying to get out of keeping an appointment tonight. Said something about all the headlines scaring him. He seemed nervous and frightened. Why he being nervous about headlines? Well, that's just it. it. Set me wondering. The headlines lately have all been about crimes committed by a youthful gang. Oh, you think a Hobart boy have something to do with gang, perhaps? Well, not willingly, if that is the connection. He was trying to get out of something and was being bullnosed by the bigger boy. Cato, it's just possible that in some way, young Hobart is tied in with that gang. Well, from what he say about headlines... Yes. The fact that he said he was scared. Well, perhaps if Green Hornet have talked with Boy... Maybe the Hornet could scare him even more so that he tells something. It's worth a try. Come on, kiddo. Meantime, Mr. and Mrs. Hobart had gone out for the evening. And Bob lay across the bed in his room, nervously waiting for the time to leave for Joey's meeting place. Fear and apprehension filled the boy's mind. And as he lay with closed eyes, he failed to hear the window over the porch roof open slowly. Suddenly, he sat up with a start. Oh. Don't be frightened, kid. I'm not going to hurt you. What? Well, you're the Green Hornet. That's right. And I know you're Bob Hobart. I came here to have a talk with you. About Joey and the others. Well, then... Then you must be working with them. Maybe. Aren't you? Joey sent you here. He sent you here to make sure I came tonight. I'll bet that's why you came. Why shouldn't you meet Joey tonight? Getting cold feet now that the cops are hunting for you? You should have thought of that before you started your crime life. Well, I didn't start. They made me join them by a trick. I... Now I can't break away from them. If I try or tell anyone, well, I'll go to jail. 
Maybe if you told your father or went to the cops... No, no, they'd fix me if I did. Joey said so. They got me to drive the car the other night. I just met him. I didn't know they were going to hold up that theater. And if they're mixed up with you, there won't be anything... Listen to me, youngster. I don't like a bunch of young kids horning into my stuff, see? If you're not really in with one of that gang, maybe there's a way out for you. What do you mean? Tell me what they plan to do tonight. I'll see to it that they get caught and that you don't get mixed up in it. No, I... I don't dare tell you. Okay, son. Maybe if I tip off the cops about your connection with that gang, they'll get plenty out of you. But, gee, I... I... I don't know what to do. Look, they'll make you the fall guy sooner or later, Bob. I'm out to break them. Come on, tell me. Well, they're going to hold up the jukebox cafe at midnight when it closes. And we're all to meet there and, and wait till everyone else goes out. So that's it, eh? And they'll all be there? Yes, yes, all of them. And I will, too. I have to be. Okay, you go with them. And if you tell them you talk to me, I'll tip off the cops. Or worse. No, I, I won't, honest. But what are you going to do? You'll find out later. And if you do as I've told you, maybe you'll get out of all this mess. Remember, keep your mouth shut and forget about the Green Hornet. So long, Bob. <laughs> It was a few minutes before midnight. Joey sat with Eddie and Kitty in one of the booths. Every few seconds, Joey glanced across the table at Bob Hobart. Then he spoke in a low tone. Now get hold of yourself, kid. And make sure you don't pull nothing funny. After everybody clears out, there'll be no one here but the owner. It'll be a cinch. What are you going to do to him? <laughs> that depends on how he takes it. Don't it, Joey? Yeah. Hey, there he comes now. Getting ready to close the place. Everybody out close the Stand up. He's coming this way. Hey, everybody's out but you folks. We're not going right yet, mister. This is a holdup. Oh, no, you don't, kid. You I'll asked for it. Hey, what did you do that for? Shut up. All right, kid, you go lock the door. Okay, Joey. Eddie will get the cash. Bob and carry some on him just in case. I locked the door, Joey. Nobody can get in now. You forgot about the back door, sister. Hey, what? The green hornet. <gasps> Do something, Joey. I'll put a bullet to him. No, no, don't. Let go of my arm. What's the Let matter with you? Her. you? Oh, oh, get that gun and... Not so fast, girlie. Let me go. Have a bit of gas. <gasps> no, no. Right. I'll get you, your little... I'm grabbing Joey's arm. You know, boy with bottle. <clears throat> get that gun. You not so tough, fella. Now, the two of you. I got you covered. Look, youngster. You just hold that gun on these tough friends of yours. Get some rope, tie them up, then call the police. We haven't time to play games with you. Let's go. Hey, wait. Come back or I'll shoot. Oh, well, I guess I better do as he said. I'll call the police right now and then tie them all up. And then I'll... I'll have to take whatever comes. Later, Britt Reed arrived at police headquarters to find an excited group around young Bob Hobart. That's all right, Bob. Hello, expert. What's happening? Hi, Reed. I phoned you to come down so as to be in on a good story. Mr. Reed, we got that gang of young crooks that have been pulling off all them crimes. Really? Is that one of them? That's Bob Hobart, Reed. Oh, so it is. How do you do, sir? Bob here phoned us in to say the gang of crooks was tied up and waiting to be picked up in the jukebox cafe. Sure. When we got out there, we found this youngster standing holding a gun on him. 
There was two big boys and a girl in the gang. They tried to say Bob was one of them. And he admitted he had been with them, but a note we found stuck in the door cleared it up. A note? Sure. A note Where's my son? Oh, Robert. What happened? Why are you here? What have you done? Well, gee, Mom, Dad, I don't know how to tell you, but... Well, what about that note, Sergeant Burke? Oh, yeah, the note. Listen to this, all of you. To the police. I'm leaving this note because I want you to know that a kid was smart enough to catch that juvenile gang before you did by playing detective and joining up with them. He was even smart enough to get a gun on me a while ago. So I'm leaving him to his glory and you to your chagrin. Signed, the Green Hornet. And it's got his seal on it. Oh, Robert, you might have been killed. But, Mom, it really wasn't like he said. But don't be so modest, Bob. You did a good job. And even the Green Hornet admits it. <laughs> well, Reed, youth takes the headlines once more. But this time, tis good news. Too bad the boy didn't catch the Hornet. That would have really been something. He's a bad one. Oh, I don't think he's so bad, Sergeant. Uh, listen to that, would you? That kid's a brave one, all right. <laughs> I'm sure Axford the Green Hornet admits that, too. to you by radioclassics.com. Programs are copyright their respective owners. All rights reserved.